0: You're listening to another episode of The Zag, continuing our social distancing mini-series. Another wonderful guest is joining us now from the 2018 NLC LA class. Angie is here. She's been on before. She's back again. We're always excited to have her. Let's get to it. All right, Angie. Angie, are you still using days of the week to demarcate time? Like, how are you trying to sort out where we are in life these days?
1: What is time? What is time? I've never understood the term time (laughs) as a flat circle, but I think I'm finally understanding what that means.
0: (laughs) How do you find yourself passing time most of the days?
1: You know, um, just today I was thinking I really need to um, reassert boundaries between personal life and work life. Um, Being kind of stuck at home, it all is bleeding together. So there's a lot of work, unfortunately, and I'm not one who even likes to pretend that I'm really busy all the time, but there's a lot of work. Um, but then there's also a lot of TV, watching oh. McMillions. Um, watch oh, yeah. Good Tiger things. King. Yes. Um,
0: weirdly good things, too. They're not at all alike, but okay. <laughs>
1: um, like great, great uh, scam content is how I'm passing time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, uh, Occasionally, politics veers into the scams. I know you wanted to chat some of the LA primary <laughs> stuff. Not that there was any dramatic. Sc- well, we might be on our Actually, way to some dr- yeah. yeah. Now that I think about it, there might be some <laughs> FBI scam, city hall drama coming soon. But just in general, what were your thoughts on the primary when we voted, was that late last month, early March, 10,000 years ago? I don't know.
1: Sure yeah, it, it is crazy. It was not that many weeks ago. Um, what, what is it? March 3rd. Um, That's true.
0: Yeah. Super Tuesday. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, I think the election was really exciting at a, on a local level. Um, you know, one of the things that I feel like has sort of been under-celebrated is the fact that Measure R, which is going to be this really transformational um, change to criminal justice and how we invest in communities and not jails, um, that passed with 73% of the vote. Um, and votes are still being counted, but the last I checked, it was at 72 something percent. Um, that is pretty amazing um, to have 1.3 million people vote in support of greater accountability, greater transparency, um, and oversight with the Sheriff's Department, as well as um, reinvesting into communities. So. That's like something I'm super excited about. And then on the flip side was the criminal justice stuff. I mean, you know, you really can't make it up. The fact that the DA's has been pulled out a gun on a Black Lives Matter protesters the night before she was um, the night before the election. Um, but again, that one's also interesting because she, uh, Jackie Lacey almost um, avoided a runoff and it looks like it's positioned um, to go into a runoff. So It's sort of fascinating to see one resounding victory in in the area of criminal justice reform and then kind of um, something that's not so clear cut of a victory on the other side.
0: Yeah, and do you feel like, based on what you just shared results-wise on those two big issues, and then combined with, I think, the different conversations we're having now in this COVID-19 crisis about the incarceration rate that that LA's had -hmm. for generations that is so high and the The painful reality that we're not doing anything really to protect our our folks that are in those types of positions. Do you feel like those two issues combined will even speed up the momentum to really rethink how we're deciding to follow through on some of our laws and, and who's being incarcerated and who's not?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one good thing is that especially given the momentum behind Reform LA Jails and some of the growing attention to smart justice and criminal justice reform in Los Angeles, there's a pretty well-organized body of people who are focused on this issue and who have found ways to like amass power and do movement building. So um, I, I, I noticed that I think it's Reform LA Jails um, was putting out some action related to decarceration in this moment um, with COVID-19 because there are already some cases of the coronavirus within the LA jails. So there's good attention, I think, that's being put to this issue because of the great organizing that has happened over the past couple of years as we've been building towards, um, towards reform. On the flip side, though, I mean, um, when it comes to looking at the DA race and really all of the elections going into the general in in November, I mean this is sort of a new paradigm. I don't know that anyone knows how to um, campaign and 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 um, and try to get folks jazzed and ready to get out the vote in several months um, when you know people are not really interacting. Folks, maybe their attention is not necessarily on this issue. So I do think you know without knowing how long this is going to last. Um, there's a chance that the traditional ways that we've done um, GOTV and um, issues-based education is going to change um, given the coronavirus pandemic.
0: So is there any truth to a hot take, a counterpoint that this might actually be the time to capture people's attention? Because you are limited and we're sort of closer to a monoculture in some ways than we have been in a long time just because everyone's in one place and looking at roughly the same internet at the same time. Mm
1: -hmm. Could you see
0: that being a way to inform folks on issues that usually would get drowned out or is that being naive?
1: No, I don't think that's naive at all. I think there's a big potential for that and it'll be interesting to see how um, organizations and campaigns capture that attention. Um, I think what we're already finding is as those conversations are moving more online, there are a lot of conversations to be had and there's a lot of a lot of really important issues, a lot of folks are being impacted, um, different constituencies being impacted by this pandemic in a variety of ways. So I think the same, so while it's a great opportunity, we will also have to contend with, um, folks will, you know, have a lot to pay attention to in the, in this moment. But, um, you know, I was doing um, an event yesterday, virtual event, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, if you if people are thinking about, well, you know, how do I want to get engaged later this summer or looking into the fall? Now is kind of a great time once you're at home thinking about the issues that care, that you care about um, to begin doing that research to get connected to those organizations and to those campaigns um, while they're sort of figuring out what their, what their um, path forward looks like in this new era. Um, they're, once they're ready to sort of come back and, and get to work, they're going to be looking for volunteers. They're going to be looking for people to support their campaigns. They're going to be looking for people to donate to those campaigns and to those efforts. So now definitely a great time to be thinking about, you know, what drives you as someone who's interested in being involved um, at the local level.
0: When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about voting issues, turnout, all those good things. You're joined by Angie from our Fellows class in 2018 in LA. Thanks for listening to Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, I was curious what, because you care so much about turnout and people being active and engaged. What do you think of Bloomberg's nine hundred million dollar investment into our political system?
1: <laughs> what did I think of it? I tried not to think of it. <laughs> um, to be honest, I mean, a lot of my attention has been dedicated at the local level because I think enough attention has been like has been generated at the at the national level. Um, but it is kind of crazy. I mean. The fact that so much money was poured so late into the, um, well, early in the primary process, but late in sort of the candidates declaring them um, mm-hmm. running for office, um, it just, that money could have been used in so many different ways. And it's, I mean, for me, it's just like an independent person who, like, I don't, you know, maybe there's a, a smarter, you know, political assessment here, but I just truly did not understand it because there are so many different ways that you could use that level of resources.
0: Yeah, like you're even it now with this stimulus bill debate, I guess some money made it to this cause of everyone gets a ballot by mail and you vote by mail to ensure that no weirdness happens in November if we're still quarantined. Um, you know, I think the number to do that realistically is a couple billion, but mm-hmm. there's maybe 500 million I think was the final number they landed on, but yeah, you could see Mm -hmm. good old Mike there chipping in the other half million, billion, trillion, whatever you would need to maybe get us over the finish line. Cause yeah, we, we know when everyone can vote, good things tend to happen for progressive causes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. The laundry list of things we could even devise right now in 15, 20 seconds that he could have spent his money on to make a difference is, is interesting.
1: And I mean, doesn't help is the fact that, I don't know if you've seen the news reports about um, his campaign staff being laid yeah, off. Yeah, the
0: plug on him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, um, again, I haven't really, I have tried to pay not very much attention to him at all, but, you know, it's a moment where folks are thinking about whose values and how you act out your values and your sets of principles and that reporting about him pulling the plug from um or pulling out the rug from underneath people um, doesn't necessarily reflect the values i think we'd want from our leaders in this moment
0: yeah hey last thing what races or race or issue do you want people to pay the most attention to as we get into november either locally statewide across the country
1: oh my gosh you can't make me pick just one pick (laughs) two then pick two um, so the DA race, race is really important. I mean, um, this has been something that um, a, a number of entities, including the New York Times, have been paying attention to. The New York Times called it possibly the most important DA race in the country. Um, we have the largest criminal justice system in the country and if not the world. So like who gets who leads us into this moment where you see a lot of great reform happening is really important. Um, I'm also really actively following and engaging with the uh, County Board of Supervisors, the second supervisorial district race. Um, Herb Weston and Holly Mitchell will be will be um, facing off in a runoff in November. As I'm sure folks um, who listen to the Zach probably know, the County Board of Supervisors is really really powerful, and they have um, an exceptional amount of oversight. Which I think right now is sort of illustrating that, right the county The County Board of Supervisors oversees our public health departments and how we. Um, deal with, um, you know, addressing the needs of our homeless, um, homeless neighbors. So um, those sorts of positions are really critical. And then I'm sorry, I couldn't just pick two. <laughs> I think um, CD4 is really interesting too um, to see David Ruby pushed into a runoff um, by um, a new entry into the political system, Nithya Raman, someone who has a really strong um, nonprofit background, it's just fascinating, I think. Um, you know, to be seeing that kind of um, momentum being built, really at the grassroots level, um, and it would be beautiful to have another woman who was city con- who was, a, who was um, joining the city council. It's not an endorsement in any one way or the other, um, but just something to paying attention to. Well,
0: listen, thanks for the tips. We'll definitely do it. Hang in there. Hopefully, one day we'll see each other in person soon and can do it. one like
1: day. That, okay, one day
0: we can dream. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Zag. We'll hopefully see you as well out in the world. But if we don't for a while, you have plenty of episodes to keep you company. All the episodes we dropped in the last 10 days, there's a bunch. And, of course, all the ones that were there before. Get them at SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, Google Pods. They're all there. Check them out. Until next time, we'll catch you soon.